Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Blind Boys Politics. It's Nicholas Rod here, and I'm alone this morning. Uh, Chris could not join us, unfortunately, uh, due, due to a personal matter. But he does send uh, his condolences that he couldn't be with us here this morning, and uh, you'll see him back on Wednesday and Friday. But that won't stop us from having a show, and uh, we definitely have some news to cover. Uh, So let's start with the weather, as we always do. In Los Angeles, it is going to be sunny in 82 today. In Houston, expect some rain in 92 as the high. In Chicago, it'll be partly cloudy and 73. And in New York City, expect partly cloudy skies and 87 as the high. So since Chris isn't here, uh, we don't really have a talk of the talk. Um, And, you know, I couldn't find anything to really put in here. Chris is kind of the the whiz when it comes to that stuff and finding all that. I'm uh, (laughs) I'm not the best at finding things like that. But uh, just a little bit of an intro, a little bit of an update um, as to how things are going. Since I don't have Chris to ask me how things are going, I'll just say. <laughs> things are going uh, pretty well, though. It was a nice, relaxing weekend for the most part. I mean, like, there was a lot to do. Got a lot of things uh, done for, <clears throat> you know, behind the scenes and all of that. And on Sunday, or on Saturday, I was out for a while, and then Sunday was Father's Day. Had a very nice day. It was a beautiful day here in New York. Um, The sun was shining all day. The only bad part about it was later, like, as the sun started to go down, it got muggier and muggier, like, by the minute. And uh, a a little bit before we all went inside the uh the insects had started to really come out and were buzzing all around biting so right at the end there it started to just be like you know a little on the iffier side but it was still a really fun day totally you know worth the insects at the end (laughs) um but no it was great very relaxing but we're here with you for another round of news and beyond the weekend I don't really have much to talk about so we might as well jump right in we start off this morning as we always do with the Monday morning COVID-19 update and New York State has officially reached 70% vaccination 87% of senior citizens um, if you don't know those over the age of 65 have gotten at least one shot of the COVID-19 vaccine across the entire U.S. And 74% of people ages 40 and up have gotten at least one shot of the vaccine in the U.S. Also, about 86% of K-12 teachers and school staff have been fully vaccinated. At this point in the U.S., cases are down about 90% since January 20th of this year. And cases, along with deaths from COVID-19, are at their lowest point since last March and the beginning of last summer. 
So that is our COVID-19 update for you this morning, and we move right along into Supreme Court news. On Thursday the 17th, there was a unanimous decision in the Supreme Court as all nine judges sided with a private Catholic foster agency saying, yes, they do have the right to exclude same-sex couples from fostering children on the basis of their religious belief. Catholic social services claim the city of Philadelphia was requiring them to certify all couples, including same-sex couples, as foster parents. And when they would not do so, the city canceled their contract because the city said that Catholic social services was violating the anti-discrimination law. Catholic social services said that canceling their contract violated their religious beliefs and therefore was unconstitutional. On Thursday, all justices, including the liberal justices, agreed with this. In fact, Chief Justice John Roberts, who wrote the majority opinion, said, quote, CSS seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. It does not seek to impose those beliefs on anyone else, end quote. This unanimous ruling was very narrow and did not radically change existing constitutional law. This ruling does not negate other government anti-discrimination laws, nor does it force the one on the books to be dismissed. Under long-standing Supreme Court precedent, it says that laws that are neutral to religion and are generally applicable can be considered constitutional even if they burden religion. The Chief Justice said that in this case, Philadelphia's anti-discrimination policy was not generally applicable, so the city should make an exception for the religious right of the Catholic social services. Moving right along here, and folks, we have a new federal holiday, Juneteenth National Independence Day. The Senate unanimously passed the bill on Tuesday of last week, and the House passed it on Wednesday, 415 to 14. The president then signed it into law on Thursday, this means that June 19th will receive all the same federal regulations as other federal holidays, just like 4th of July and Labor Day. For those that might not know or may not have heard of this, you know, might be wondering, what is Juneteenth? Well, Juneteenth is the symbolic celebration of the liberations of the slaves in the United States. On June 19, 1865, Union troops arrived in Galveston, Texas, to tell the last known Confederate sympathizers that all slaves must be freed. I know 1865 is two and a half years after President Lincoln wrote and enacted the Emancipation Proclamation, and scholars kind of disagree on what could have taken so long, but... It could be anything from stubborn slave owners or all the way down to the fact that slaves were not legally allowed to read. Most U.S. states recognize Juneteenth as a holiday, 
but now it will become a federal holiday. Ironically enough, the last state to know about the Emancipation Proclamation and the freeing of the slaves, that being Texas, they were the very first state to approve Juneteenth as a state holiday, and that was in 1980. In fact, Republican Senator John Cornyn and Democratic Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, both from Texas, are co-sponsors of the bill. And just a little fact, this is the first federal holiday that has been signed into law since Martin Luther King Jr. Day in 1983. It is summertime, and people want to vacation. But one question you might have is, can you vacation in another country? Well, it really all depends on where you want to go. After a meeting on Friday, the border between the United States and Canada will remain closed to non-essential travel until July 21st. Once we reach that date, that border will be reopened in phases, and the same goes for the southern land border between the United States and Mexico. That will also remain closed to non-essential travel until July 21st, and once we reach that day, again, it'll reopen in phases. United States citizens are allowed to re-enter the United States if they've traveled to Mexico. As for Europe, the European Union just recommended its 27-member bloc should reopen to U.S. travelers. This recommendation is not binding, and each member nation of the EU can pose its own travel regulations, and several of them have done so already. This includes deciding to roll out the welcome mat to U.S. travelers either later this month or in July. Many European countries also require a negative COVID-19 PCR test, mask wearing, and quarantine, and some countries require proof of vaccination before you are allowed to enter. It is important for you to check the U.S. State Department website for any travel restrictions and rules before you book any trip outside of the country. Sticking with the theme of summer, and you know, again, travel is going to increase, and one place that people like to travel during the summer is the national parks. However, if you didn't didn't know this already, if you're unprepared and not careful, these parks can be very dangerous. For example, a man slipped and fell 500 feet in a national park in California, This is one of many unfortunate accidents that the national parks have experienced. Recently, the National Park Service released data that shows the top 20 deadliest national parks. The number one national park is North Cascades National Park, with 635 people dying per 10 million visitors. The number one cause of death is drowning, with 668 people dying a year. The National Park Service says that their parks are very safe if you are prepared and you always remain careful. Well, that's what we have for you as far as the main news is concerned. Now we move into rapid news. 
Bike sales continue to rise, and suppliers can't keep up with the demand. Today is day two of Amazon's Prime event, and if you haven't bought anything during this event, go read Chris's article over on Medium. Uh, the articles, the link to our articles is always linked in the show notes. Uh, go over there and read that. He gave some nice insight as to where the best discounts and the worst discounts would be. So go check, you know, go give that a look. And on June 20th at 11.32 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we officially moved into summer. Well, now you all know what time it is. It is time for good news. And I have a pretty amazing uh, story for, for good news this morning. There's a family who had a puppy, you know, a little four-month-old puppy. And this dog was very playful, very energetic, always moving around, always just everywhere. And one day, the puppy just, you know, stopped moving, stopped coming out of its crate, wasn't eating much, and, you know, clearly something was wrong. So the family brought brought him to the vet, and he was diagnosed with parvo, which, if you don't know, is a very dangerous and even deadly disease for dogs if left untreated. Now, the treatment was going to cost $700, and that was money that the family didn't have um, to spend. You know, they, they couldn't afford the, the treatment. So, one of the children in the family, an 8-year-old boy, set up a table outside his house um, and sold his Pokemon cards, which he had been collecting for four years they were his prized possession um you know he'd been collecting them like i said for four years he loved them but he decided that if his family wasn't going to be able to pay for the treatment then he would do anything he had to do to raise that money so at first he was selling the cards for you know five dollars ten dollars a piece but this actually ended up spreading on Facebook. You know, it caught traction and spread very quickly. And people started donating. And so eventually a GoFundMe page was set up for the family. And the goal was $800. You know, just enough to, um, to get the treatment done. And a little leftover for, you know, anything, anything else that, you know, might have needed to be done. Well, they got a bit more than that. So far, they've gotten about $15,000. That's right, $15,000. And so they brought the puppy to the vet. The dog got the treatment. The puppy got the treatment. And is home recovering now. Getting healthier and healthier every day. So the dog survived. But again, they got $15,000. So then the question becomes, what are they going to do with that? And the family has decided that they're going to use that money and any other donations they get 
through that GoFundMe page to help pay for other families' uh, vet bills that they can't afford. If you know they find a family who needs money for an expensive uh, surgery for their pet or anything like that, they're going to use that $15,000 to help pay for those bills. And this is just so special because this started from an eight-year-old boy selling his prized possessions to pay for his dog's treatment, which is almost tear-inducing in itself. Like, the heartwarming feeling that I got from that reading the story originally is just so special because it just shows, like, the bond between the boy and and his puppy and how much the puppy meant to him and how much he meant to the family. And so, you know, setting up the table... Making making the sign himself. He he made a sign himself, uh, promoting the sale of the cards. And uh, actually being you know being able to let go of his prized possessions like that to save his dog is amazing. But for it to go even farther than that and to have it spread like it did to get all those donations and then the family promising to help other families who were in their situation. It's wonderful to see, you know, the bond, the connection between people and between animals and just it's heartwarming all around. It's love all around. You can't help but eat this stuff up. It's wonderful. But that is the end of our episode this morning. So make sure to go follow us on Twitter for all the latest and greatest breaking news and live updates throughout the day. And make sure to follow us on our personal accounts. Uh, you know, you never know what Chris and I are up to. It's always fun over there. We have some wacky posts. Chris will post pictures of the dog. You know, she's continuously growing. <laughs> so that's always fun uh, to watch over there. And like I said earlier, make sure to go read our articles on Medium. We always talk about uh, different topics than what we cover here on the show, so you'll get some extra news over there, um, and, and you'll definitely enjoy them. So hop over there. All the links to the Twitter accounts and the Medium articles are in the show notes, and that is it for me this morning, guys. Chris, we hope you're back on Wednesday. I definitely hope you're back. <laughs> And I'm sure everyone else does too. But until Wednesday, guys, see you later.